Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Joe Fortenbaugh Amber Wilson hanging out with you. We are getting you ready for the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. That game is going to kick off in just over about 10 minutes from now, of course, on ESPN. You can also check that game out on ESPN2, ABC, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN Deportes. We've got you covered everywhere, and Joe and Amber will continue forth after that game kicks off right here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as as six minutes visit progressivecommercial.com let's bring in some help to talk about that matchup espn nfl reporter ed werder and ed thanks so much for joining us we got the news that ryan jensen is returning for the tampa bay bucks he is back under center he went out got injured in training camp back on september 1st what are we expecting from him what kind of shape could he possibly be in after missing so much time I don't know. It seems to be asking an awful lot, but I know that Tom Brady did this week take some practice snaps from um, Jensen that um, he feels like he's going to provide some energy, some attitude that, that will help the Bucks in this game. Uh, but I would fully expect that Dan Quinn is going to test that A-gap. Uh, I mean, this is a, a guy in Ryan Jensen who you know, is a gritty, tough, fighting fighter type of a player, but he got hurt the second day at training camp. He hasn't he hasn't practiced in full pads at full speed, much less played a preseason game, a regular season game at speed. And now he's going to start out in a playoff game against what really the Cowboys do best, which is attack the quarterback and rush the passer. And I saw you on Daily Wager earlier today doing a fantastic breakdown of the Dallas Cowboys, the success they've had on turf, and the struggles they've had playing on grass. Can you break that down for our listeners, and is there truth to that? Should we be concerned about Dallas playing on Tampa's grass tonight? Well, you know, the the Cowboys have, you know, discounted that whole theory. Uh, Players, coaches, uh, but the reality is that this was a team that, you know, teams in the NFL are built around the, the places where they're going to play their home games and the division they're going to do that in. And the Cowboys have built their defensive front around speed and quickness. And the common denominator in most of their losses is outdoors on grass and often against an inferior opponent, the Eagles being the one exception. But they lost four times outside on grass. And, and Jason Garrett, the former head coach of the Cowboys, a predecessor to, to Mike McCarthy. And so somebody who was there not long ago and helped build this team, like a lot of the players currently on the roster tonight were acquired during the Jason Garrett coaching era. He's the one who first made a point of, hey, you know, I still think the Cowboys are a great defensive team on grass. And the, so I did some, I, I researched the numbers and wow, he's right to an extent even I didn't expect. Uh, they're one in four on grass. They're one in 11 on artificial surfaces. Uh, you look at the sack numbers, it's over a sack per game difference. And then I think the perfect example to make the point is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons has 12 and a half sacks on artificial surfaces. He has one and a half sacks on grass, and he has 
six multi-sack games, including one week one against Tom Brady uh, in Dallas. And all of those games where he had multiple sacks, they were all played on artificial turf. That is bizarre when you pull those level of stats. ESPN NFL reporter Ed Werder joining us here on Joe and Amber. So, Ed, you know how this sports talk thing works. Like, we love to talk about pressure, pressure on coaches, pressure on players, pressure on teams. Obviously, both of these teams have a lot of pressure on them in a one-and-done scenario. But let's talk about Dak Prescott for a second. He's under contract. He's not going anywhere if he doesn't play well tonight. But how much pressure do you think is on Dak Prescott in this game in Tampa? Well, an enormous amount because he's, you know, one in three uh, in his six previous seasons in the, in the postseason. Uh, he, I think he admitted this week when we spoke to him, you know, recognizes that this is different than any other game that he's played in terms of the magnitude of it, the importance of it to how he's perceived. Um, you know, he, this is twice and two times in as many seasons they've gone to the playoffs as a 12-win team. Last year they were the only – division-winning team not to advance to the second round. They got beat at home in the first round by the 49ers in a game that Dallas never led. And now they have the good fortune of while they have to play on the road, they do play the only team in the playoff field with a losing record in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys average 33 points a game. The Buccaneers average 18 points a game. And yet we're so confused as to who we expect to win the game because we've seen so many flaws in this Dallas team throughout the course of the season. And Dak Prescott, who has, has always protected the football, like came in, the first thing he did in establishing himself in the NFL besides just winning 11 games in a row, which had never been done in franchise history as a rookie, but he also set the NFL record for you know, not throwing an interception through, I think it was 176 passes to begin a career. And now you look and he's missed five games and he's the first guy to lead or tie for the NFL lead in interceptions when missing five or more games. He's thrown a pick six in three of the last four games. He's thrown an interception in seven consecutive games. His previous longest streak was four. And so I think for all of those reasons, you know, he's under a lot of pressure just in terms of this being something of a legacy game for him. Like, is this a player, a quarterback in Dallas who's going to be more like Tony Romo or is he going to be more on the path of a Troy Aikman. You're right. A lot of pressure on Dak. Also, this one is hard to predict, probably because of some of those shortcomings of those Dallas Cowboys. Also, when Tom Brady is on that other sideline, we never know how this is going to turn out. Edward, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to both of you. Have a good night. So Bucks cowboys tonight, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. So that game kicks off in just about six minutes from now on ESPN. Before we talk more about that game, which we will be doing even after that game kicks off, let's go ahead and earn you some more money. We love to do it on this show. Let's earn you some cash. Everybody likes some money, honey. Let's earn you some pizza money. Small wagers, not big wagers. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Fourth pizza money wager of the evening. We'll recap all four of them at the end. This one is a fun sweat. I've done this one before. It is going to put it's going to put you on the edge of your seat. It's not for the faint of heart. It is Tom Brady over half a rushing yard. Yes, we need just one rushing yard from Tom Brady to cash this bet. The upside, if he gets sacked, those yards count towards his passing total. The downside, if Tampa's winning at the end of the game and he takes a knee, those are negative yards. If they end up kneeing it out at the half, those are negative yards. Brady has only hit this mark 
in six games this season, but there's a reason we like it. The juice is plus 180. That means a $100 wager returns $180 in profit. Think about it like this. Third and one, Brady hustles everybody up to the line of scrimmage, sneaks it between the gaps. Boom, we get our one yard, and hopefully that's it for the game. In his career, postseason career that is, Tom Brady has had at least one rushing yard in just over half of his games. Pizza money number four, Tom Brady over half a rushing yard tonight to go along with Tom Brady over 42.5 passing attempts, C.D. Lamb under 73.5 receiving yards, and then the Tampa Bay-Dallas matchup going under 45 and a half total points so there you have it there you have some pizza money joe and amber is presented to you by progressive insurance coming up we are going to tell you our biggest takeaways from a crazy super wild card weekend this is joe and amber you can listen to us on espn radio and of course always on the espn app joe and amber the podcast Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And what is better on sports radio than a list? Everyone likes a list, Joe Fortenbaugh. So that's what we bring you here on Joe and Amber. It has been a wild, super wild card weekend so far. It gets finished off tonight as the Dallas Cowboys take on the Tampa Bay Bucks in mere seconds. However, there's so much already to unpack. Let's get to the biggest takeaways from the winners here. The list. This is The List. You know what? You just made The List. The List with Joe and Amber. Number one. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. Big winners over the Seattle Seahawks, 41-23. to This game only seemed close to me because it was very confusing. I was flying on an airplane when I was watching this game. I guess the live feed on the airplane must have been super delayed because somehow I'm watching this game thinking it's like a three-point game, and then I land, and the 49ers are up by like 20. And I'm like, what just happened? But what my biggest takeaway was when I got to catch up on those highlights that I did miss during that strange time I was in the sky where time was in some sort of warped vortex and I thought for a moment that Brock Purdy was going to be exposed and the moment was going to be too large what I found out from the San Francisco 49ers was in fact they're going to pick up right where they left off no problem whether it's Trey Lance it's Jimmy Garoppolo it's Brock Purdy it's the regular season it's the postseason none of it matters that team is built to keep on moving and keep on rolling and that is exactly what that San Francisco 49ers team is going to do I would say this. 
If you're interested in investing in Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, you've got to be really careful because now that the last pick in the draft has stepped in and performed like this in this offense, it's basically what Garoppolo was doing. What makes you think Garoppolo wasn't a system guy? Because this system is incredible. Wide receivers running free all over the field. I'd be very careful about giving Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money this offseason. What's next? Number two. Oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars with the comeback for the ages. Big takeaway here, invest in coaching. Doug Peterson has taken this franchise from an absolute bottom-of-the-barrel joke to a legitimate playoff team. Legitimate. Getting in with a soft division was one thing, but then you win a playoff game, you're legitimate. No matter what happens in Kansas City this weekend, this season has been a success. Peterson came in. He got Trevor Lawrence back on track to be the franchise guy that we all thought he would be at Clemson. Peterson has the culture. He's got the locker room. He's got everything he needed for those guys to buy in and come back in the second half. Always, always invest in coaching, always invest in culture, Amber Wilson. When it comes to sports, it's very confusing because there's teams like the Boston Celtics. You think, okay, coaching doesn't matter. Then there's teams like the Brooklyn Nets, and you're like, oh, wait, coaching does matter. The Jacksonville Jaguars certainly fall into that latter category where apparently coaching matters a whole heck of a lot in certain scenarios. I think one of those scenarios is when you are on a rebuilding team and also you have a number one pick on it who needs to develop. You bring in a guy like Peterson who is been known in his career to be a quarterback whisperer and be able to get the most out of quarterbacks and certainly he is finally doing that here with Trevor Lawrence also I think a couple other things that we've learned from this Jacksonville team is spend money because they certainly did that in the offseason and they've tried to put the right pieces around Trevor Lawrence draft well spend money and also give your quarterback some time to develop it was very surprising frankly to witness the lack of noise around Trevor Lawrence for his first year and a half, essentially, in the league because he was a number one pick, and not just a number one pick, but the most decorated number one pick I can remember in my lifetime coming into the league. It felt like he got a huge pass for a long time, but also that huge pass ends up paying off because they were able to exercise a lot of patience with him, continue to allow him to develop, bring in the right coach, bring in the right system, bring in the right weapons around him. It's still a developing team. I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl this season or even getting to one yet, but that team ain't going anywhere in the postseason anytime soon. I'd be feeling very good if I was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan about the future. What's next? Number three. I'd be a little bit more trepidatious if I was a Buffalo Bills fan today because when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, they were supposed to beat the Miami Dolphins by 13 and a half points, according to that spread. And what did they do? They ended up beating them by three. And my biggest takeaway from that game was, frankly, that Josh Allen is certainly a high-reward player, but he's also a high-risk player, and those risks end up mattering a whole lot in the postseason. Three turnovers from Josh Allen. It is something that we have seen here from Josh Allen numerous times before, and that is a problem for that Buffalo Bills team that is trying to make some noise in the postseason. The Buffalo Bills looked human. They looked beatable against a Miami Dolphins team that was battled and injured and had lost five of six down the stretch. If I'm a Bills fan, I don't feel nearly as confident after yesterday as I did entering yesterday. 
It could go a positive way for the Bills here, much like it went for Georgia in the semifinal. They almost got rocked by Ohio State. Everyone looked to TCU and said the Horned Frogs are going to get them, and Georgia used that close call against Ohio State to get back into the lab and retool the defense. If the Bills use this game against Miami as a learning experience and a wake-up call, a true wake-up call, which is what it was, they're going to be a tough out for Cincinnati last week or next week. Keep in mind, sharp money coming in on the Bills. Buffalo Open is a four-point favorite. It jumped up to five day one of the action number four number four the new york football giants exposing the minnesota vikings for what they are frauds 11 and 0 in one score games but that was not built to last and we saw that house of cards come tumbling down in minnesota on sunday that minnesota defense has been terrible all season long they were terrible again on sunday You can win 13 games just like the Niners. That does not make you the Niners. Daniel Jones, fantastic job. Head coach Brian Dable, the best coaching job of anybody this season. That's your coach of the year, followed very closely by Doug Peterson. I can't argue with that, uh, that the Giants has been such a story this season and the job that Brian Dayball has done. I mean, you can't credit him enough. Apparently, again, coaching matters, Joe. This is a theme on this show today. The Jacksonville Jaguars have proven that. So have the New York Giants. And with a quarterback that Dayball is getting the most out of, a guy who we'd all all but given up on, frankly, and they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. None of us knew if Daniel Jones was even going to have a future as a starter in the league. now it looks he might like he might have a future as a starter for that team. Finally, number five. Our fifth winner here is the Cincinnati Bengals. This is another team that was playing a team with a backup quarterback. And you thought that the Bengals should probably make pretty easy work here of the Ravens if the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson under center. They didn't. They had Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley had multiple opportunities to win that game, including a Hail Mary that was dropped in the end. If I'm Cincy, I'm a little bit nervous heading into a matchup, though, against a Bills team that also, frankly, played its opponent far too close considering its opponent was also shorthanded. What I think the problem here for Cincinnati and was my biggest takeaway is those O-line problems are real. And yes, the Bengals overcame them somehow, some way last season, even though Joe Burrow still spent a lot of time in his back in the postseason and they found themselves in a Super Bowl. But I don't know if lightning can strike twice. Luck doesn't normally bend that way. This O-line certainly has problems again. He was sacked four times in this game. And then, oh, by the way, they lost Jonah Williams in this game to a knee injury in the first half. They're already playing without Collins. They're already playing without Alex Kappa due to injuries as well. I think that that's a looming problem for the Cincinnati team that could actually finally catch up with them this season. Cincinnati can beat you every which way. They can engage in a high-stakes shootout and win. They can get down and dirty in the grind and the muck that was that Baltimore game yesterday, and they can find a way to win that as well. They've got the swagger. I don't know if there's a team in the NFL with more swagger than the Cincinnati Bengals, but I wonder. The big question for Cincinnati heading to Buffalo for the divisional round, how much gas is left in the tank? They just played back-to-back games against the Baltimore Ravens in what were two extremely physical encounters. Bones were bruised, things were broken, players got hurt. I wonder how much is left for Cincinnati when they go to Buffalo this weekend. We are about to find out. It's an interesting matchup between those two teams. Again, two teams that played opponents, I think, more closely than maybe we would have expected, considering those opponents were shorthanded. Right now, uh, we are in action between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks as they try to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend for us. The Cowboys went three and out on their first drive. 
The Tampa Bay Bucks also went three and out on their first drive. We'll keep you updated on that game on Joe and Amber as we continue. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging up with you. Out with you, rather. Not hanging up with you. We're hanging out with you. We are taking you up until 9 p.m. Eastern. You can get at him on social media, at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can get at me as well, at Amber W. Sports. This game is leaving a little bit to be desired so far, Joe. This matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, to be honest with you, as someone who bet the under, I'm more than happy to watch these guys drop passes and do nothing all game. Let's grind this <laughs> clock. Let's take some knees. Let's get out of here. That is one way of looking at it. And that is yeah. why when you do bet and you do wager, it gives you a whole new world and a whole new way of watching sports. So there you go. A win-win situation maybe for Joe Fortenbaugh, even if the rest of us right now a little bit bored. But you can certainly check out that game. Uh, a big, big time matchup to end Super Wild Card Weekend here on ESPN. ESPN 2. ABC, ESPN Plus, and on ESPN Deportes. Now it is time here on Joe and Amber to do a little something that we like to call sound on, sound off. Let's do it. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Lamar Jackson. Well, he is... Very clearly, or so it seems, unhappy with some relationship he's currently in. I'm going to guess it's the one that he's in with the Baltimore (laughs) Ravens. He's been putting the cryptic stuff on social media. He did not travel with his team to their game this weekend. Tony Dungy, he's a Pro Football Hall of Fame coach. He was on Fitz and Harrier earlier. He was asked about that situation with Lamar Jackson and his contract. I would worry, you know, because you're talking about a guy who uses his athleticism and his legs are so much a part of it. He has been nicked up a little bit. I think you built this franchise around him uh, in terms of where they are now. You've built the team that way. You've got an offensive line and running back, uh, strong receivers that really fit this system. I wouldn't want to start over again. So I I, I want to get things done. But I think that has to come across your mind. Uh, when you're you're talking about that long-term commitment. So, Joe, uh, Tony Dungy would be concerned with giving Lamar Jackson a long-term contract. How concerned would you be with giving a long-term contract extension to Lamar Jackson if you're the Ravens? 
Well, you saw this weekend, if you don't have them, you're not going to do anything because you had a chance to beat Cincinnati, and the difference was Tyler Huntley versus Lamar Jackson. They would have won that game with Lamar Jackson. They would have won more games down the stretch. You got to make a decision this offseason. You either pay him or you get rid of him. No more of this in between because he's clearly not happy. At some point, you got to focus on the culture, and the culture's starting to slip. And Baltimore has always been known for a good culture. So we're going to get some resolution this year. They might use the franchise tag early as leverage, but I don't see him playing for Baltimore on the franchise tag this year. Quick side note, all due respect to Tony Dungy, great career as a head coach. We don't need him in the booth anymore. That performance with him and Al Michaels on Saturday night, completely unacceptable. I'm sorry I had to get that out there. You're very it's funny because there's a lot of broadcasters who are very passionate about broadcasting booze. I can't say I'm one of them, but I get it, I guess. There was no energy. Want, there was no energy for a huge Depends comeback. what you like, I guess, from your play callers and your commentators. I, I do think that Baltimore has a problem. I mean, it's an obvious problem that's been brewing for a long time here with this Lamar Jackson situation he certainly seemingly anyways even if he was injured stuck it to them a bit put his foot down using the power that he does have as a negotiating tactic I would imagine the Ravens will also use their power like you said tag him see where we go from here I don't know where the numbers stand between the two parties because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent we're getting no leaks it's a strange situation it's not a story that's going away anytime soon it doesn't seem the Giants beat the NFC North champion Vikings here's what Saquon thought about Daniel Jones's performance. Do you feel like you have an elite quarterback? I know we have an elite quarterback. And I think he's shown that most of the time. But we also got amazing players around him too. So we got his back no matter what. From the question, uh, is Eli elite to is Daniel Jones elite? What do you think, Amber? Uh, I do not think Daniel Jones is elite. No. I mean, I, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure. Eli Manning's elite, but he certainly has had the, or had the success in the league in his career. Daniel Jones, though, I am certain, is not elite. Now, will he suddenly wake up here six years into the league and be elite? I guess. I mean, obviously, the job up there that they've done, getting the most out of him for a quarterback that they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option, he has proven himself as a starter in this league. I think he's proven himself as a starter on that team. I think they pay him. I think they retain him. I think he's got a job moving forward, but elite uh, no I'm not ready to put Daniel Jones in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes Joe he's not elite we don't even need to address that that's James going for a cheap troll I can recognize it because I'm known for doing things like that as well I applaud you James but I will not embrace that what I will embrace is that Daniel Jones went 24 of 35 for 301 yards two touchdowns no picks and then on top of that carried the ball 17 times for 78 yards in a playoff game on the road, in a hostile environment against a, quote, 13-win team. Like, Justin Herbert didn't do that. Justin Herbert's supposed to be the god, right? He's the guy that everybody's excited about for the future. Herbert was nowhere to be found in the second half of that Jacksonville game. Meanwhile, Danny Dimes was dealing the entire way through. Put some respect on the kid's name. It's amazing what good coaching can do. Yeah, I was going to say coaching matters. I think Herbert would take that coach over there in Los Angeles if he could. Uh, That troll was James Steele, of course, our producer here on Joe and Amber. Amber Wilson, (laughs) Joe Fortenbaugh on Joe and Amber here with you. 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. Yes, James. Do you I need to defend yourself. I didn't. I didn't say it. Saquon said it. It wasn't me. <laughs> but you asked the question. Well, Josh Allen <laughs> threw two picks and had a fumble returned for a touchdown, and he deserves more criticism maybe than he actually received. Well, that is according to our very own Jason Fitz, host, of course, of Fitz and Harry. If Josh Allen had a big old star on the side of his helmet, if Josh Allen 
was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Today, the lead would be you can't trust Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl because of his turnovers. Maybe it's time that we start having a real conversation about a quarterback that is this year right now not named Dak Prescott still being reckless with the football. All right, oh, settle down, Fitz. Settle down. James, go ahead All and right. ask the question, yeah, but settle so, down. So, Joe, how concerned are you about Josh Allen and his performance lately? I mean, Fitz, just getting all worked up. The difference between the star on the helmet and the not star on the helmet is that Prescott would have lost the game, Fitz. Allen still found a way to win the game. So let's make sure we acknowledge that. The win versus the loss is very, very different. Now, he does make an interesting point because Allen's supposed to be an MVP frontrunner. He's supposed to be one of the elite cream of the crop guys, and he did not perform to that level. He turns the ball over way too often. But honestly, what would you rather have? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, we all get it. Everybody wants Patrick Mahomes. The thing is, This guy's Brett Favre. He's Brett Favre 2.0. You're going to have some mistakes, but you are going to have some brilliant plays as well, like that touchdown at the end of the first half against Miami back in December. Clock ran out, and it was just pulling a rabbit out of a hat. So if you've got Josh Allen, I think you're still in pretty good shape. We're, what, up to 14 interceptions on the season? It's a problem for Josh Allen. It's been a problem for Josh Allen. He's a high-risk, high-reward type player. I think he's better than Brett Favre, but you're right in that comparison when you talk about what he's doing out there. And, yes, there are times that it is not going to go well. I do think he deserves more criticism in that arena. I do think as great as he is, and although we can see the greatness in every other category, I think it would be fair to put a little bit more on the hands of Josh Allen to protect the football more because he's supposed to be one of the most elite quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Sometimes it feels like mistakes and not just high risk, high reward. Like there are times that Josh Allen is just making errant mistakes out there. And I do agree with Fitz that if he had a star on his helmet, we'd be hearing a lot more about it. I don't think that was a crazy accusation by Jason Fitz. They would have beaten the Niners last year if he had a star on his helmet. All right. He is way better than Dak Prescott. Well, I I do agree that he's better than Dak Prescott. I'm not suggesting that. I just do think that he skates a little bit on the level of criticism because he plays in Buffalo instead of Dallas, at least in terms of the interception. The biggest play of the game in the Bengals' win over the Ravens with Sam Hubbard's 99-yard scoop and score. What was Joe Burrow thinking when Hubbard was running for that touchdown? Here is the Bengals' quarterback. Run faster, Sam. Go. Get there. He actually did look pretty fast, surprisingly. You think faster than your 20 miles per hour? I don't know about that one. (laughs) I mean, him looking that fast might have been overstating it. Go ahead, James. Yeah, Amber, what were you thinking when you saw Sam Hubbard running 99 yards on that scoop? I was thinking that he was going to get gassed and not make it. That's what I was thinking. Like, he looked like he was losing momentum as he got towards the end zone. I wasn't sure he was going to make it all the way. Little block in the back help. That helped. I was thinking two things. Number one, my Ravens plus eight bet is about to go up in flames. Thankfully, they somehow found a way to only lose by seven. And number two, block in the back. Call the penalty. Mark Andrews would have chased him down, would have tackled him. That would have been at about the 25-yard line, add on the penalty yardage, and then send one of the best defenses in the NFL out there. You probably hold him to a field goal, and you still have a chance to win that game. NFL officiating, not good this weekend. Not good at all. Not good at all, but the they do come away, of course, with a win in that game. The Cincinnati Bengals move on to take on the Buffalo Bills in the next round. We're still finding out who is going to move on from this Cowboys-Bucks game. Dak Prescott's 22-yard touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz put them on the board first. They missed 
the extra point, though. It is 6-0 Dallas right now over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, it's your turn to weigh in with your biggest, hottest takes. We had a heck of an NFL weekend. Throw them our way. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We open up the phone lines to you. Let's play a little caller roulette. That's next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Still waiting for this Cowboys-Bucks game to pick up a little bit of speed, but the Cowboys right now leading the way. Six-zip over the Tampa Bay Bucks. They scored a touchdown. They missed the extra point. We'll keep you updated here on Joe and Amber. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio to listen to us. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can check him out on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can check me out as well at Amber W Sports. This is the time in the show where we invite you to join the conversation. If you got a hot take, anything in the world of sports, Maybe something from Super Wild Card Weekend. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That is how you get in touch with us. There's a lot coming out of Super Wild Card Weekend. One of those was an epic collapse by the Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that means that there's going to be a lot of questioning of that head coach for the Chargers in Brandon Staley. There's already been that, Joe frankly, but now that noise is going to get even louder. Well, some of that noise is coming from Rex Ryan. He is our ESPN NFL analyst. He was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and he was not thrilled at how Brandon Staley has conducted himself as a coach so far. This guy thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He ain't yeah. close. Like, he may be in a math quiz or something like that, but this is football. <laughs> this guy is so disrespectful to the game that the coaches that have coached prior to this guy, look, has he ever done it? I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I'm the guy. I don't care what Bill Parcells did, Bill Walsh, Bill, Bill Belichick, and Bill anybody. Any of the Bills. Any of them. I don't care. I'm smarter than them. No, you're reckless. He's been reckless ever since he took the job. Now he's reckless with his players. Health, a guy that's had a broken neck, by the way, Mike Williams, had back issues all the time, and he gets hurt uh, in the last regular season game. Imagine that. But here's the deal. This guy, I don't think he respects the game. He needs to grow from it. He needs to grow from, I'm smarter than anybody else in the room. Well, Joe, I I can't buy the idea that Brandon Staley doesn't respect the game because he follows the analytics. This feels like a generational divide, right? Where Rex Ryan is speaking for a different generation than the one that Brandon Staley is coming up in as a coach. Brandon Staley is 40 years old. There does tend to be more emphasis by coaches in that age caliber when it comes to analytics and the advanced stats. They didn't even have those numbers available to them when Rex Ryan began coaching. That's just the reality of the situation. So I don't know if I'm going to say because Brandon Staley goes for it on fourth because the analytics tell him to, even if we all think that sometimes 
sometimes he should maybe not listen to the numbers quite so much because his team isn't executing properly and should pay attention to that instead. And so maybe you don't take those risks, which by the way, the criticism coming off of this game against Jacksonville is maybe that actually he's too conservative and should have gone for it, which is funny when we consider the conversation around Staley as a whole, but I'm not going to buy into anywhere you want to lead that conversation. I'm not really here for it being that he doesn't respect the game that I have a hard time with. Here's how analytics work when it comes to a fourth and short situation. If you go for it, it's somewhat unconventional. We understand, you know, fourth and two at the end of the game, you're down seven. You're going to have to go for it. There's a minute left. People are comfortable with that because they've seen it before. But when you're on your own 40-yard line and it's the first quarter and it's fourth and two and you go for it, the analytics are pointing to that given the situation. And what happens is one of two things. If you go for it and you fail – Everyone calls you an idiot and says analytics are stupid, that you don't know what you're doing. If you get it, nobody says anything. That's the one thing. That's the biggest problem for Brandon Staley is that he makes a lot of correct decisions. He just doesn't have a team that execute them as often as they should. Because when you get it right, it actually looks really good. Like no one was questioning, and this is a perfect example. No one was questioning Doug Peterson at the end of that game when Bosa, which by the way, this isn't uh, Brandon Staley's fault. Bosa loses his mind, picks up a 15-yard personal foul penalty um, at the end of the game after Jacksonville scored a touchdown. They move it half the distance to the goal. Now, Peterson has two options. He can kick the field goal or he can kick the extra point, which means he'd be down three, which is what just about every single coach would do so that a field goal ties it. Or you can go for two, and you can put yourself in a position where a field goal wins. Peterson accepts the penalty, and he goes for two. Now, if he fails, Rex Ryan's bashing that decision. If he succeeds like he did, everyone says Doug Peterson's a genius. They're too focused on the results and not the process. Make the correct decision. The results will follow. But some guys are just threatened by all this because they, quite frankly, don't understand it. I'm not saying Rex doesn't understand it, but the guy doesn't disrespect the game. He just has a different approach to it. Unfortunately for him, he can't figure it out. I think that that's the best way of saying it. He doesn't disrespect the game. He has a different Thank approach Thank you. You probably don't need to say anything else. That was the best thing I've heard all night. Thank you. That was great. It was very well said. I mean, <laughs> that was true. That And that is a, and as a great way, I think, of also kind of defining the difference there in the generations when it comes to these coaches. There's yeah. a different approach. Now, he goes through, you know, the most famous coaches of, you know, yesteryear kind of thing, or in, in ter- terms of Bill Belichick, obviously still out here doing it, but he's going through, like, the great greatest minds that we've seen and he's like well you know you're not doing it the way that they're doing it well okay but the way that they're doing it also might not be the most competitive way because these things do change and there is a reason that there are different advantages sometimes that younger coaches bring to the table because sometimes they have a different way of seeing things and that's why they do have some semblance of success we see it with the trend of the Sean McVay's of the world and now the Mike McDaniels of the world where you're trending towards a lot of kind of young innovative coaches in a lot of ways. Analytics certainly are part of that for that younger generation that Brandon Staley fits into that category. The problem here is what you said. It's the execution. is that it doesn't work out even when it's supposed to for Staley. And then the problem is if you're always following the analytics is the criticism is going to come when it's not executed properly. However, I don't think Staley can win at this point, Joe, because then he didn't do that in this game. He didn't go for it. He kicked instead of going for it, and he's still getting criticized now for being too conservative. I think at the end of the day, Brandon Staley 
really isn't going to win unless the Chargers win. I don't think that the narrative around him is going to change no matter what he does with his play calling because you can't allow a 27-point lead to collapse and you can't allow a team with those names on that roster not win in the postseason. What's interesting is when Rex mentions Belichick, Parcells, all the greats, people forget there's a there's a classic example of this. And Bill Parts, Bill Belichick made the right decision, but he got the wrong result. I think the year was 2009, October, middle of the season game, Sunday night football, Patriots and Tom Brady in Indianapolis playing Peyton Manning and the Colts. It was a shootout of a game. The Patriots could not stop the Colts. Now, the Patriots had a lead. I want to say it was maybe two or five points late in the game, and the, they were fourth and one or fourth and two on, like, their own 20-yard line. Okay, if they punt it back, everybody knows Manning's going down the field and winning the game. So Belichick decides to go for it. It was crazy. People had not seen stuff like this before. He goes for it. They fail. And then obviously Indianapolis is right there and they win the game. Everyone was trying to roast Belichick the next day. His defense couldn't get a stop. They hadn't stopped the Colts all day. So what do you want to do? Trot trot the same defense out there to once again fail or try to use Tom Brady to convert a fourth and two to win the game because they would have been able to run out the clock. It was the right decision. It led to a bad result. Do not focus on the result. Focus on the process. If you get the process right, the results will follow. It's never going to be 100%. You're just looking for it to be a little bit better than it would be if you went the traditional, conservative, less efficient way. We were talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. They are trying to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend between the Cowboys and the Bucks right now. The Cowboys up six zip on the Bucks. Bucks though moving the ball. The Monday Roundup is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh, it is hard to live and die by the analytics when it's not the process or it's not the results that matter. It's the process in terms of job security, results or whatnot. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.